Good morning and welcome to Victory Church. Today is our worship service number 153, September 1st, 2019. And we want to give thanks to the Lord for our lives and sing songs to Him. So I invite you to stand up. Father, receive the songs that we bring to you, Lord, with all our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I can only 
With a mighty hand and outstretched arms His love endures forever For the life that's been reborn His love endures forever Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise like he did yesterday and he is strong their Redeemer is strong the Lord of hosts is his name and that he is always with us I am with you always to the very end of the age
There's a place where fear has to face the God you know. One more day, yes, he will make a way. Let him show you how you can lay this down. What a perfect song for today. Because you're not Heaven looked away. 
way the Son of God was laid in darkness. One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. The ground began to shake. The stone was rolled away. His perfect love would not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you love would not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated forever. He is glorified forever. He is life. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being alive. Thank you, Father, that you chose us. Thank you, Lord, that we are here today worshiping you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we have the perfect place to get together just to give you praises and lift our hands to you, Lord, lift our voices to you, Lord, to tell you that you are wonderful. You are so beautiful, Father, and we want to worship you more and more. Every moment of our lives, Lord, every day, this very moment, Lord, has been separated. Set it aside, Lord, to worship you, Lord, to bring to you, Lord, our words of love, to bring to you, Father, 
the adoration that you deserve, the worship you deserve, Lord. Receive, Father, our love. Receive, Lord God, our praises in this moment. Receive, Father, our hearts. Receive, Lord, our love to you, Lord. Receive it, Lord. That our words, our prayers, our worship, Lord, will be pleasant to you, Lord. That you will receive all this, Father, with good eyes. That you will be pleased, Lord, as we sing to you and we worship you, Lord. Because you deserve this, Lord. May your Holy Spirit, Lord, descend upon those right now. That we can sense that beautiful presence of yours, Lord. As we sing to you, Lord. You give me everything I need. Yes, Lord. You give me everything. You give me everything. You give me everything. can see you lead me when I can hear you show me when I can stand you carry me when I am lost you will find me when I am weak you are mighty you are everything I need Let's say, you give me everything, you give me everything, you give me everything I need. One more time, you give me everything, you give me everything, you give me everything. I need you give me everything you give me everything you give me everything I need you give me everything everything you give me everything Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Amen. As we worship the Lord always through song, we also worship the Lord through our contributions. And for our viewers and listeners, we want to invite you to do it through our website. You can go to vchurch.us and look for the tab, Give Online, and you can do it there. Or you can send a text through the number 432-268-0007. Thank you for the time that you are investing watching this video from Victory Church. We hope that you will enjoy it. Today, we are going to study a topic that is probably a little bit controversial 
particularly for the situation that we live here in Odessa. But the title of the message today is The Game. This is the message for today, September 1st, 2019, our worship service number 153. For our viewers, we would like to invite you to go to the website, vchurch.us, and go to the tab, Bulletins, download the bulletin. As we all have here in the church, our bulletins, and we are about to study the Word of God. Well, the word gain, as you know, is a word that has to do with profit. And uh, one of the dictionaries that I consulted was the Merriam-Webster. And uh, basically, the word gain has two meanings, one as a noun and the other as a verb. As a noun, it is basically a profit. And as a verb, is the action of acquiring or getting possession of something. Also, it's a verb that re also is related to a competition or conflict. So when we win, we obtain a gain. We all know that. Just let me ask you this question. Do you think that the Lord Jesus gained anything, did he? He did. Certainly he did. You know, there were several arguments that he went through in different situations. And in each one of those arguments, he always won. Always. I love that about the Lord. I love that about God. There is no one that can defeat the Lord. He always wins. Amen. Yes, certainly in the eyes of the world, when the Lord Jesus died, people thought, that's it. Well, they were wrong. In fact, that's it. That's the way to save the world. But he won already the war. He did. One of these arguments is actually in this passage of the scripture. In the chapter 7 of the Gospel of John, we are going to read here from verses 45 through 49. The temple police went back to the leading priests and the Pharisees. The priests and the Pharisees asked, why didn't you bring Jesus? The temple police answered, we have never heard anyone say such amazing things. The Pharisees answered, so he has fooled you too? You don't see any of the leaders or any of those Pharisees believing in him, do you? But those people out there know nothing about the law. They are under God's curse. You know, that is so classic from people that are against God. They think that everything that has to do with the Lord and what is right simply is wrong. And they try to make us believers... Like we are ignorance. That is the question that he said. He has fooled you too? You know, I remember being in my 20s, going out with my friends, speaking about teenagers, <laughs> years, going out with my friends to party and, you know, all that. Eventually, I was invited to come to church, and I liked it, and then I, I started to sing songs in church, which was unusual, you know, I was singing other kind of songs, and I enjoyed that, the dancing and all that. But suddenly I'm there. I remember some of my friends said to me, are you really going to church now? <laughs> we know you. <laughs> so we know you. I mean, they got you too. They already tricked you. It's exactly what we are seeing here. Well, you know that among these people, these leaders, there was one, Nicodemus. Nicodemus was different. And look what happens here in verses 50 and 51. He was there in the group. 
He was the one who had gone to see Jesus before. That happened in chapter 3 in, in the Gospel of John. He said, our law would not let us judge anyone without first hearing them and finding out what they have done. Very reasonable, right? It's like when someone says, are you listening to a preacher? Really? Is that what you're doing on your phone? Are you really going to church? Really? They have fooled you too? You know? And then you can come back with a reasonable answer and saying, and what is wrong with hearing God's word? What's the problem with that? You try to reason with them. Well, of course, <laughs> those people didn't want to reason with him. So listen to the answer. The Jewish leaders answered, you must be from Galilee too. Study the scriptures. You will find nothing about the prophet coming from Galilee. <laughs> you see? They will find any kind of reasons or excuses to try to put you down, to tell you that you are doing wrong because you are getting close to God. Are you going to take it? Or you will say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listening to God's word has nothing wrong with that. Even if the preacher is wrong, I have the right to listen. And that is important. Everyone, my friend listening and watching, you have the right to listen, even if you disagree with me. But you have the right to listen and try to reason. Question here. Whether it's work, business, or other areas, how do you face adversaries? When you have someone that disagree with you, would you let them win? <laughs> would you? Somebody's telling you that you're doing this is wrong. Someone in the school says to you, you're going to church, that's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. Going to a Christian church, that's wrong. Listening to that preacher, we know that man. He barely can speak English. <laughs> would, would you let them win? No. What do you do? Well, I want you to watch true stories in two different settings here that has to do with conflicts. First one is about work. The second one is about politics. There you go. Federal prosecutors today announced an indictment of Anthony Lewandowski, who was for years one of the top engineers at Waymo, the unit of Google that deals with self-driving cars. Lewandowski was charged with 33 counts of stealing or trying to steal trade secrets from Waymo. He left Waymo back in 2016. Shortly after there, he went to Uber, which was and is a competitor in the race to develop self-driving cars. Now, if he's convicted, could face years in prison, possibly more than a decade, although that kind of sentence is usually determined much later after trial and, and uh, sentencing hearing. David Anderson, he leads the office that brought these charges. He said that it's okay, obviously, for people to leave one tech company to go to another. This happens all the time and it should happen, but that on the way out, he said, employees cannot line their pockets with the theft of trade secrets. This is in a very lucrative area of the tech world. The race to develop self-driving cars has enormous stake. Now, uh, Uber and Waymo are just trying to move on and independently develop uh, cars that will drive themselves and uh, could be essential for, for those companies' business models going forward. 
New satellite images from North Korea suggesting what could be a major new nuclear threat from the regime. Kim Jong-un's first submarine able to fire ballistic missiles, according to two national security experts. No test appears imminent, but this appears to confirm Kim's claim last month when he inspected a new submarine. A nuclear-tipped missile launch from a submarine would mean maybe very hard to track, uh, very hard to target, uh, very hard to preemptively stop. More evidence that despite three meetings with President Trump over the past 14 months, Kim is expanding and improving his weapons, not denuclearizing as he had promised. Still, the president keeps downplaying a barrage of recent short-range missile launches, all banned by the U.N. I have confidence that in the end, Kim Jong-un, who I've gotten to know very well, will do the right thing. Will do the right thing. That's an important question, you know. We all work, and we all have difficulties sometimes in the workplace, things that happen. But what about the stealing? I want you to think from two different perspectives this issue with this person that, by the way, he, he was already convicted. Friday, this engineer, and he's going to be for years, many, many years in, in prison, stealing trade secrets from one company to other. So you are an investor. Let's suppose you have some money, and you start a company, or you own that company, and there are some things going on in that company, but there are some secrets there that make makes you make money. Now you hire somebody. You trust this person. This person is working for you. And one day this person says to you, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go to work somewhere else. Is that wrong? No. But what if this person goes and takes the secrets and then will use those secrets in, in other business? That is the problem. Will do the right thing, the person. That's the main question. And when it's about safety and security, which is what is the case here with this dictator from North Korea. Three meetings with our president telling him, don't worry, I'm not going to continue doing more nuclear weapons or armaments or anything like that. Three meetings. And now, here's the proof. What kind of president would you like? Someone that is a wimp? Somebody that will try to negotiate politically or somebody that will do something to protect us. What kind of leader do you want? Right. What kind of person are you when someone is threatening you? What kind of person are you when there is a problem? Will you just say, that's fine, that's okay, go ahead. Forgive me, but are you a wimp? Are you a crybaby? Are you a little girl? A little boy? <laughs> that when there is a little problem there, you will start, hey, would you, would you do that? It's important to think about it because it has to do with character. Character. <clears throat> you know, the people of God, they face many, many problems throughout history. And I want to tell you one, one of those examples. At this day, most of us use apps to read the Bible. Correct? Different apps. Some of us still like to read the hard copy. Well, among the books of the Bible, in the Old Testament, there is one book called Judges. In this book of Judges, there is a story of Gideon. And I want to tell you the story right now. You can read it with me. 
and you will see that what, is what I am talking about. Israel is going through a big difficulty at this point. Like anyone else, like you, like me, we all have problems. Okay. So here is this guy, Gideon, and this is the first thing that he says in the chapter 6 of the book of Judges, verse 13, first part of the verse. Here we go. If the Lord is with us, why are we having so many troubles? The Lord said, I will be with you so you can defeat the Midianites as easily as if they were only one man. Chapter 7, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, I am going to help you to help your men defeat the Midianites, but you have too many men. I don't want the Israelites to forget me and brag that they saved themselves. So make an announcement to your men. Tell them, anyone who is afraid may leave Mount Gilead and go back home. At that time, 22,000 men left Gideon and went back home. But 10,000 still remained. Gideon led the men down to the water. There the Lord said to him, separate the men like this. Those who drink the water by using their tongue to lap it up like a dog will be in one group. And those who bend down to drink will be in the other group. Two groups. Verse 7. The Lord said to Gideon, I will use the 300 men who lap the water like a dog. I will use them to save you. I will allow you to defeat the Midianites. Let the other men go home. Gideon divided the 300 men into three groups. He gave each man a trumpet and an empty jar with a burning torch inside it. Then Gideon told the men, Watch me and do what I do. Follow me to the edge of the enemy camp. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly what I do. Verses 19 and 20. Gideon and his men blew their trumpets and smashed their jars. Then all three groups of Gideon's men blew their trumpets and smashed their jars. The men held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands. As they blew their trumpets, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. Verse 21, 22. Inside the camp, the men of Midian began shouting and running away when Gideon's 300 men blew their trumpets. The Lord caused the men of Midian to kill each other with their swords. The enemy army ran away. The Lord is the one who saves us. Here is Gideon defending Israel. Here is you defending your family. The Lord will save you. But Gideon didn't refuse to go to war and do what he needed to do. He was not a wimp. The Lord is with you, my friend. It doesn't matter how difficult the thing is. The Lord is with you and he will give you the victory. But you cannot be a crybaby. You cannot be weak. 
You have to be strong and trust in the Lord. Right. He will save you as he sees you going to do what is right. There is no gain without the fight. <laughs> How you can have a gain if there is no fight? It's impossible. You want to gain? Get ready for a fight. You want to win? You have to be ready to fight. Fight the fight with faith. Now, how did the Lord Jesus manage all these situations with all these arguments? We need to go back to John chapter 7. Listen what is interesting here. In the verse 3 and 5, it says that his brother said to him in a very sarcastic way, you should go to the festival in Judea. Then your followers there can see the miracles you do. And all that is because they didn't believe in him. His own brothers. And the Lord Jesus knew that his brothers did not believe in him. But he moved forward anyway. What about you? You know, my friend, if there is something that hurts us is when people don't believe in us. What is what you do? What is what you are going to do? You have to believe in God and believe in yourself. But that doesn't mean that people around you will say, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, girl. Yeah, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe in what you want to accomplish. Not always that happens. The Lord Jesus lived it himself. But you know what? We need to move forward doing God's will. So that is the main question for you. What is God's will for you? What is what the Lord wants you to do? What do you think the Lord God wants you to do to resolve the problems you have? Do you have an answer for that question? You should. What is the challenge that you have today? What do you think God wants you to do? You. Not your mama. Not your daddy. Not your wife. Not your husband. Not your children. You. What do you think the Lord wants you to do? And when you know that, because he is already telling you what to do, you need to move forward with that. And it's not easy, right? Sometimes we have doubts and we think, I don't know if I can do this. Because there is a different way of, appro of approaching life. And when we hear things like this engineer stealing secrets, this dictator trying to put nuclear bombs against us and destroy us, we get scared and we think, it seems like this world is getting worse and worse. Just yesterday we lived it here in Odessa. But you know what, guys? Still today we have wonderful stories still. There are wonderful people doing awesome things. And I want to show you two examples of that. Over the last few weeks, eight-year-old Connor Kreitz couldn't wait for school to start. And this year, the second grader with autism decided he was ready for a big first step, ride the bus on his first day of class. He didn't even seem nervous at all. He was ready to go wide awake. But once at school without his parents, Connor's anxiety quickly became overwhelming until a stranger, eight-year-old Christian Moore, reached out and took his hand. Christian's mom capturing that moment in a picture and a post. I'm so proud of my son. He's a kid with a big heart. The first day of school started off right. For Connor's mother, who constantly worries about how the world will treat her son, 
This was the one thing Connor had asked her for that she couldn't give him, a friend. I asked him if he had fun, and he goes, I love him. Now the two boys sharing an inseparable bond, saying their message to others is simple. Be nice. Riding the bus home from school for some kids is a routine ritual, but not 12-year-old Max Tingle. He gets a welcoming party. Well, party of one, his older brother Noah. For the past 12 days of the new school year, meeting Max at the curb in costume, and mom capturing every silly moment of it. Were you embarrassed? A lot. So it worked. It worked. Greetings as a gorilla, a farmer, a firefighter, a ninja, Santa Claus, and today a minion. There's love on both sides through the whole thing. Noah, a high school senior, wanted to share some funny memories with Max before he heads off to college. And now strangers as far as Hawaii are mailing costume donations. This is just me. This is just how we are. I mean, there's nothing special about this than the other stuff me and him do together. It shows how good of a brother we are. Five years apart in age is about all that can separate these two, now known to online fans as the Bus Stop Brothers. We want our kids to be a light in the world, and I think they're kind of needing that right now. Finding the joy in life's simple things. Be nice to each other, enjoying simple things. We can do that. It's possible. Is it possible to become a different person? What do you think? To really change, is it possible? You know what? In that particular chapter 7, when Nicodemus came and discussed with the leaders about the situation with the Lord, Jesus said that he, he came before to, to the Lord in chapter 3. And this is what happened there. Jesus said, everyone must be born again to be in God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how can a man who is already old be born again? Jesus answered, everyone must be born from water and the spirit to be in God's kingdom. Then is when we have this beautiful scripture in verse 16, chapter 3 of John. Let's read it all together. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not be lost but have eternal life. That's the only way that we can be born again. My friend, if you are concerned for what's going on in life and you see the evil out there and you are seeing yourself and you say, I'm not that strong. You know, I'm, I'm somehow a wimp. I admit it. But how can I change? Is it possible to change? Is it possible that I can become a person, a different kind of person? Because I would like to win. I would like to obtain the gain that I see other people get. But this is what is happening. Listen to this chapter 3 and verse 20, what the Lord says. Everyone who does evil hates the light. They will not come to the light because the light will show all the bad things they have done. And that is why it's a conflict in your, in your soul because part of you wants to do what is right, but part of you doesn't want to do what is right. That is the battle that we have. But if we surrender, if we open our hearts, things are going to be different for all of us. After this, Jesus and his followers went into the area of Judea. 
There he stayed with his followers and baptized people. Baptizing people it's something that we should do in church. Do you know something, my friend? Here in our property, we own six acres here in the northwest part of town. And here we have a swimming pool. And that also serves the purpose of a baptistry. And there, we can baptize you anytime. Even in winter. Even in winter. <laughs> in which case, I'm going to assign my brother Tim to do the <laughs> baptism. But I can tell you this, it is important to get baptized. Yeah. You know, it is important because it's an act of faith. And we say to the people in the world, you know, I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the son of God. Right. I am a new person. I, I was born again because I got life in my Lord Jesus Christ. That is what the Lord and his disciples did as well. Now, in a few verses afterwards... John the Baptist and his followers were talking about this. And the followers were questioning him about Jesus and his followers baptizing people. And this is what John the Baptist said. Remember, he was the first one baptizing people. He even baptized the Lord Jesus. You remember? So this is what he said. And this is key, my friends. He must become more and more important, and I must become less important. Now, if you take those words and you apply it to yourself, and you say, He must become more and more important, and I must become less important. That will change your perspective of life. Because when we are so selfish, so egocentric, just thinking about me, I need this, I want this, I don't have this, I don't have that, I want to get this, I want to get that. We are so self-centered, putting our eyes on ourselves only. That, that's a problem. And here's the solution. John the Baptist said that he must become more and more important. And I must become less important. You know when you are going to, ex to experience gain really in life? Your gain is being on God's side. A lot of people are all the time trying to convince God to be on their side. You see how silly is that? Okay, God, I'm going to explain to you the benefits of my plan. And this is my idea. So after I explain to you, God, my plan, I want you to come and give me your support so you are on my team. Okay? <laughs> you see how silly is that? And it happens all the time. We do that. We pray that way. Lord, I want you to give me this. I want you to be on my side. That is the wrong approach. The real gain is when you are in God's side. You are not asking God, do what I want. You are asking God, what do you want me to do for you, Lord? What can I do for your kingdom, Lord? How can I show you that I love you, Lord? How can I show you that I trust you? 
How can I show you my devotion? My faith in you? Because I really need to be on your side, God. And when you do that, you know what is going to happen? When you are on God's side, you will be also in God's people's side. Because God and his people are going in one direction. And we all together, then is when we can defeat the enemy, my friends. Then is when there is no limit for us believers. Because we are going to do his will. That is the way to do it. Being on his side. But I understand. My dear viewer, probably you are wondering. How you can be part of God's kingdom? How can you be on God's side? It's very simple. You just give your heart to him. Open your heart to God. There is a prayer in the screen that I would like you to read with me. Say it. Dear God, I know you want me to have a better life. Your plans for me are good, but I have to change. I am aware that I play a part on this. You have the power to bless me. You want to bless me. You want me to be on your side. But I have to change. Please, Lord, help me to change. Please, God, I need you. Lord, my God, here is my life. Please forgive me. If you pray that prayer, my friend, I guarantee you, the presence of the Holy Spirit will just go right away into your heart and your life is going to be absolutely different. You will be on God's side because it's through the blood and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ that we can all say, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. My life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2019. Friends, thank you so much for coming up to church. You are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful weekend. Enjoy your family and friends. See you next time. Anytime my heart turns from darkness to light. Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served. I know, I know, I know, I know. We appreciate so much your time invested with Victory Church in Odessa, Texas.